name is Irene. I'm uh, one of the leaders here at uh, Vancouver Vineyard. Uh, my husband and I have been attending for about three years now. And um, we just got to welcome our first baby, a little girl, uh, Amelia. Um, if you attended church a couple weeks ago, um, you would have remembered that uh, Marshall so graciously called out Wes as a first-time dad, just like constantly saying, like, oh, I'm a first-time dad and showing off. So, yes, I do have, you know, being up here, I have to say yay, <laughs> uh, showing off. And we're the poster child for first-time parents, so always wanting to show her off as much as we can. Um, so a little bit of backstory um, on me. I was born and raised in Northern California. Uh, I'm the middle child, so older brother, younger sister. Uh, not sure if it's obvious, uh, but sí, soy mexicana. Estoy bien agradecida por estar aquí con ustedes esta mañana. Uh, for those of you that didn't understand, I just said God loves you. Um, <laughs> I grew up in a very small town um, that was predominantly Hispanic. Um, I grew up in a traditional Catholic home uh, where all 500 members of my family attended our uh, baptism at three months old, <laughs> um, where I was taught to say grace before eating every meal. And um, yes, even as a two-year-old, I was taught to repent uh, of the sin before receiving communion. Uh, not traumatic at all or anything. Uh, definitely don't struggle or anything like that with guilt. Um, to be honest, sometimes I would go into the confessional and I would have to like make something up because I was just like a really good kid and I'm like, I don't know what sin is. I don't know, like, I think I cussed. So anyway, <laughs> I, just, I just really wanted to receive communion. Um, so um, I just really follow the rules. Um, anyway, so I grew up in a more traditional home um, until my... Uh, Grew up in a very traditional religious home. Until my siblings and I started playing soccer, like we were at the age where we were doing little league and stuff like that, um, we would attend church every Sunday. Um, but then if you guys know anything about the Mexican culture, um, uh, soccer is equally um, as high as church. So, uh, <laughs> yes, so um, it was just equally as important. So sometimes we would miss church for soccer games when we would go to tournaments and stuff, uh, but don't worry, we still prayed right before every single game, so it was kind of like our church. <laughs> um, fast forward to my early 20s. Um, I was in a very unhealthy relationship with my boyfriend at the time, and I remember driving past uh, the local vineyard church um, back in my hometown and thinking, you know what, he really needs church, like this is what's gonna save it, he really needs church. I'm okay, it's him that needs a church, right? Um, so I convinced him to go with me, and well, 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 was I wrong? Well, sort of. He still definitely, you know, needed church. But um, I definitely needed it as well, and I didn't know that. Um, this was my first time at a vineyard church. Um, like I said, I grew up Catholic. Um, and right away, I just, I felt like I was home at this vineyard church. It was so welcoming and friendly. Everyone was happy, like hugging me right away. I'm like, I don't even know this person. Um, and there was coffee and donuts. Hospitality, hospitality plug there. <laughs> um, and I just felt like I could immediately get plugged in and participate. And um, just ultimately, um, that's how I came to love the vineyard. Um, the idea that everyone gets to play. Everyone gets to have a part in uh, the kingdom of God, right? Um, but I would say just as importantly as um, being welcomed, uh, this was a new kind of intimacy that I had never experienced before. It was a new kind of intimacy with God. Um, I had met God in a whole new way 
being at a vineyard church there. And it honestly, like, completely changed my life. My family to this day says that I was completely different than who I was after, you know, attending, not necessarily the vineyard, but just getting to know God. It just really changed my life. So, this morning, I feel so honored to be able to get to preach in a church family that has been very pivotal in my relationship with God. And uh, with that, we are continuing um, on the Empowered series. Uh, This series aims to highlight everyone being invited and empowered to play in the kingdom of God. Uh, If this is your first time here with us this morning, uh, I really encourage you to go back and listen to the past three sermons um, in the series. They're really good. And um, today, I get to preach on prophecy. So, why don't we pray together? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being in this place. Um, I pray that you may use my words, um, that you may just use me to touch the lives of people today. Um, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come and just cover me and any nerves or anything like that that I may be feeling, Lord. I just pray that um, that you are just in this place and that your words are ultimately to glorify you, Lord. So, if you have your Bible, um, we're going to be turning to 1 Corinthians 14, 1 to 4. And it says, follow the way of love and eagerly eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit, but the one who prophesies speaks for the strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in tongue edifies themselves, but anyone who who prophesies edifies the church. So there's no doubt that prophecy is a very big topic. Um, It is often misunderstood by the church and culture today. Um, If you turn to the news, you might see some self-proclaimed prophets out there getting pretty intense uh, on prophecies, predicting global future, uh, like global future events and all that stuff. Or you may have grown up uh, in a pretty, like, growing up where it was pretty normal for people to constantly try and predict the exact year that Jesus was coming back, like that kind of thing. That's kind of what I thought too. Um, so the, but the big point is, uh, the point of prophecy is that it's a big, big topic, right? Um, so having a good understanding of it um, can mean that we can be equipped to help bless and uplift the church. Um, Derek Murphy says this, says it like this, as a phenomenon of the spirit, the prophetic was the most frequent gateway gift, namely what was first experienced by those empowered by the Spirit. You see, as we follow the trajectory of prophecy to Jesus, uh, to the disciples, to Pentecost, and then into Acts, prophecy can be one of uh, can be almost seen as like an umbrella um, of gifts that included all of the other gifts within it, right? Healing, deliverance, revelatory prayers. Um, So in other words, uh, prophecy can include hearing words of knowledge, 
wisdom from God, uh, partnering with God in the deliverance of demonic spirits, um, as well as prophesying through and in scripture. This will often happen when someone is teaching or prophesying, um, or teaching or preaching, sorry. <laughs> and uh, what they are teaching happens in a way that uh, it moves people's hearts and eyes. They're open to the kingdom of God um, that, like they've never seen before. We can do a real like, deep dive into how, how people experience that. Uh, but I only have an hour and a half today, so. <laughs> sorry, thank you for laughing. That was my joke. Yeah. <laughs> I had to throw a joke in there. Um, Anyway, so Derek Morphew provides us a very helpful definition uh, on prophecy. Um, okay. So one, all prophecy originates from God. Okay, that's pretty straightforward. They all come from God. Uh, prophecy is spontaneous. It's not prepared in advance. Um, three, prophecy reveals God's heart and mind or mind about a given subject or situation. And four, it does not necessarily predict the future. It can. Um, it'll sometimes predict past, present, future, all that. Uh, the big distinguishing factor is that um, it's not just hearing from God for your own life, uh, but hearing God for others as well. Um, this is probably the scariest part of all, is that uh, because if you're like me, um, not only this idea of discerning like what God is telling you and discerning God's voice, but then having to tell it to someone else, like, hey, this is what I heard from God. That is also super terrifying. <laughs> um, I mean, as an introvert, I should be, like, proof enough, like, hey, I really love Jesus. I'm up here. <laughs> like, like, there's something to be said there. Um, so when I was uh, preparing the sermon, I realized that prophecy is actually a really, well, first of all, I was like, okay, you guys, I'm 10 weeks postpartum and you're asking me to preach on as a first time mother. So that was my first thing. <laughs> like first time mom, yeah, let's, just, let's try to put words together. That was my first thought. Um, but then I realized that uh, prophecy is actually a pretty big part of my story and um, it's a big part of my story with God. I was hungry for more of God um, that I, so when I attended the church, it was my first vineyard, I decided to join a life group, another plug there. <laughs> um, because I was hungry for more of God, right? So, um, but that's to say, I'm pretty sure I joined the worst possible life group um, for a like beginner Christian. And I'll tell you why. Um, we were doing a book on Deirdrich Bonhoeffer. Does anyone know him? Uh, for those of you that don't know him, uh, Deirdrich Bonhoeffer is a 20th century German theologian. Uh, Basically, he has books are super complicated to read, uh, especially for someone like me who I never read anything theological other than the Bible. So I was like, huh? Like, what are you saying? Um, <laughs> so in the beginning, we had about 12 people in our life group. And by the end of it, there was five of us. Yeah, <laughs> not even joking. <laughs> um, I stuck around to the group because truthfully, it was like the only place that I could even talk about God is a place where I felt safe. I had community there um, within the church. And um, so we just, I just kind of stuck it out with the rest of our other four, four people there. Um, and about a month or two into it, um, it was kind of obvious that no one was keeping up with the readings because everyone was just like me as well and wasn't doing the readings, um, that our group leader actually decided to just like 
just like nix the book. They're like, we're not even gonna try to like talk about the book because at this point no one's reading it. Um, so we just, it kind of ended up being the space where we can learn and grow and just pray and be there for each other, uh, which was super, super important for me and exactly what I needed at the time. So at some point I had opened up um, to the leader and to the group that I had never prayed out loud and that I, I was bad at prayer and that um, I didn't know how to pray, um, which uh, was a huge mistake because guess what they made me do? They made me pray every week. <laughs> um, and it was, I, I just kept getting encouraged and encouraged like, hey, Irene, do you want to pray? Or like, oh, who's going to close this up in prayer? And I would like hide, I just like, please don't pick me. And of course I would still get picked. Um, but it was actually super great because through that I was encouraged to, uh, to pray and like get better at it. And I still feel like I butcher it. But um, this was the first time in my life that I actually learned that prayers aren't just like reciting Bible passages, right? Like the Lord's prayer. That's kind of what I learned growing up. Um, and that actually prayer was an invitation to hear God's voice um, and receive God's heart for me, um, as well as his church. And that essentially is what the foundation of prophecy is. Prophecy is hearing God's voice to bless his church. However, uh, if hearing God's voice for others um, is hard for you, and you're wondering how do I know if God's voice, uh, if this is God's voice that I'm hearing, um, and what if I traumatize the person that I'm praying for instead of helping them, um, then I've got some good news for you. Uh, Paul actually lists some really simple ways, uh, simple, easy, uh, practical guidelines from hearing from God. So in the scripture above, Paul clearly states that prophecy will be for the encouragement, strengthening, and comforting of the person that you're praying for, those three things. So if you feel like you aren't sure that you're hearing from God, uh, something to ask yourself is, those things. Is what I'm hearing from God, will it be strengthening for the person? Will it bring encouragement for the person that I'm praying for? And will it comfort them in whatever time that they're in? So as Morphe noted in his definition earlier, uh, prophecy is not about predicting future events. Uh, it's, it's all about revealing God's love for his people. Ultimately, he wants people to know how much they are loved by him. He wants us to know his heart, that he, God has a heart for us, his heart for us. Uh, we partner with him in prophecy and reveal God's love for them by telling them what God has revealed to us. Um, so I want to add on to, here are some of my, uh, Irene's five tips on prophesying. <laughs> um, so one, whenever you can, pray with one another for one another. Um, so I know that sometimes it's can be a little bit hard or like you're not sure what, you, um, what you're hearing or if it was from God. Um, I know that when I was praying with someone else, they would, like I wasn't quite sure. And then the person I was praying alongside for the person, um, they would say something first because I'm too shy to say anything. So they would say something first and ultimately they were, it was the exact same thing that I was hearing. So then it helped me recognize like, oh wait, that was God. That was like, cause they spoke up first though. So then that was a really good way is like be in community when you're praying with people, right? Um, it'll help you kind of um, exercise that muscle per se. And two, uh, prophecy never goes beyond the Bible. 
okay? So if you feel like what you're hearing is contradictory to the Bible, then it's probably not from God. For example, if you're hearing something like, this person should steal, uh, cheat, or lie, yeah, that's definitely not from God. Um, number three, uh, be very sensitive to your surroundings, okay? So sometimes God gives us words um, that are meant to be given to the person, um, but maybe it's not the right time or space. Um, it could, especially if it's something that it's uh, like a personal or private matter, um, you just never know. Um, so if you do get something that you feel like you should say it to them, but you're not quite sure, definitely check it out with a leader or a pastor first. You know, try to see like, okay, when's the right time? Maybe they can be there with you as like a third person to help, you know, in that whatever topic that is. Um, so that's my next advice. Um, and four, partnering with God. Oh, sorry. Part of partnering with God uh, with prophecy is also acknowledging that we could be wrong. Uh, we could be wrong about what we're hearing. That one's very scary. Um, you know, when we hear when we're praying for people, something to keep in mind is that we want to keep a posture of humility, right? So some phrases that can be helpful is, I am sensing, I'm feeling, I'm hearing this. Uh, does this resonate with you at all? Like, is it what I'm hearing correct? Um, this is something that we're not only partnering with God for on, but it's also for the benefit of the person, right? So we want to make sure that we're kind of like, hopefully this is resonating with you. And as a general rule, there should be no prophecies about wedding, romance, death, and babies. <laughs> so, as well as uh, staying away from negative consequences. You know, we don't want to do that as well. Um, we have a very loving God. Um, uh, but before we move into ministry time, I do want to say that uh, with prophecy, it is, it is kind of a, a big topic. Big, and I'm still understanding. Um, but the cool thing about it is that we have this amazing, amazing uh, class uh, on prophecy that is led by the fishes um, that happens nearly every month. So if that is something that you want to learn, you want to grow into, um, definitely uh, check out their, their uh, classes and uh, write it down on the connect card. And I'm sure they'd be happy to have you. And just, you know, exercise that muscle of prophesying. Um, so the last thing I want to touch on today is the different ways in which we can hear from God. Okay, so some, uh, some people see visions. Some people have dreams. Uh, they can audibly hear God. Uh, some people have senses and feelings. Uh, some people can, will get like a scripture verse or pictures. Um, so with that, sometimes we have to... You know, like, well, first one, it's praying and figuring, recognizing God's voice. But then another step to the, uh, you know, getting better at prophesying is, uh, like, figuring out how God communicates with us, right? We're all so different. And that's kind of a big thing is, like, figuring out, hey, is, what is God using? How is he using me in this way to, um, to communicate with me? And that's the big thing. How does God communicate with you? Um, and I would say the best thing to do that is through practice, um, so for me, God speaks to me through my emotions. Um, now, it's not as simple as it seems, like, right, emotions. Um, so I'm going to be making a very general assumption. 
Um, and this is, because I, I can't speak on behalf of the entire Mexican community culture, but historically, feelings are kind of frowned upon. I don't know if that was just my upbringing, my circle of friends, but like whenever you would get too emotional, you'd be like, oh, that person's like really weak. Like there's, they have too many feelings and you like shove it down, gotta be proud, you know? Like that kind of, that was my upbringing, right? Is like, don't cry, that's a sign of weakness. Um, well, here's my dilemma, guys. I cry a lot. <laughs> um, I cry when I'm sad, I cry when I'm happy, when I'm anxious, like if during worship, like I, I just cry all the time, I couldn't help it. My, my parents actually had a really hard time um, disciplining me when I was a kid because um, whenever I would do something bad, I would immediately start crying because I knew that I was like doing something bad and I knew I was gonna get in trouble. Right? So then my parents, they couldn't even get me in trouble because I was already crying. So they're like, oh, well, there, there goes that. She already knows what she did wrong. Um, so I got really good at, you know, after a while of like, you know, getting in trouble for crying for no reason, I guess. Um, I got really good at shoving those feelings down, right? Uh, so I would shove them down. I would like hide my tears. I'd be like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, no big deal. Um, and that got pretty, pretty bad. Right, because I, I felt like there was some shame linked to that. Like, oh, it was a weakness. I, I couldn't show my crying. Um, so circling back to my life group, I was invited and encouraged to pray, right? Um, and it was a space where I could uh, figure out if I was hearing God's voice and I was around people that I trusted. Um, and that is actually where I began to realize that God communicates with me through my emotions. <laughs> Um, while I was praying, I would start to feel that emotion was starting to rise up and I would be like, okay, you know, try to shove it down and like, oh no, like what's going on here? But it was like a, a different emotion. It felt heavier. It felt weightier. And, and I would continue to pray for this person and there was someone alongside me and I was like, gosh, what is that? Like, why do I all of a sudden have these emotions that I didn't have before? Um, and turns out that it was actually for the person we were praying for. Those emotions that I was feeling weren't, weren't mine, right? It was like, that's God is communicating with me. And of course, I was too shy to say anything because I was like, oh, these are, what is going on here? And it wasn't until time and time again, um, I had this light bulb moment when I was praying for someone and then I would get this emotion and I was like, oh gosh, what is this? And then the person I was praying alongside would say something to them and they're like, oh, I'm feeling this way, right? They would name it. They would put a, a word to that emotion. And I was like, hey, that is, that's what I'm feeling. And it was just kind of like, okay, wait, I think this is how God communicates with me. Uh, that this is how he's talking to me. I don't, I can hear him like audibly. Um, and that is when I realized that God has taken something, a part of me, that I thought was a weakness and actually turned it into a strength for his kingdom, which is a way that God partners with us, okay, for the benefit of others. So this morning, if you feel like you are disqualified in any way or that you have like a perceived weakness um, or that you think you're broken or anything like that, I just want you to know that God sees us, first of all. God sees us, and God wants to use us for his kingdom of God. Like, he wants 
to redeem. Jesus is in the business of redeeming and comforting us. He comes alongside our lives and encourages us, builds us up, he comforts us. The beauty of the spiritual gifts, um, especially prophecy, is that everyone gets to play. I'm circling back around, everyone gets to play. Prophecy is not this elite gift that is like bestowed upon like a few like very super spiritual people. Um, everyone has access to it. No matter where you come from, no matter what you've been through, no matter what hurt you have, Jesus is in the business of redeeming and turning what we thought were disqualifications in our lives and turning it into a strength to partner in his kingdom. He's here to redeem us. So, I would like to invite the ministry team, and now let's put it into practice.